Welcome to Slaying the Sale, a podcast full of practical real-life sales lessons that you wish you learned in business school. Your host, Kyle, is a two-time best-selling author, creator of the Slaymaker Method, and in each episode, he and his guests will be answering the tough questions around sales, lead generation, and all things business to help you transform your sales mindset and move you closer to achieving your financial goals. Now, let the class begin. Here's your host, Kyle Slaymaker. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Slaying the Sale. I am your host, Kyle Slaymaker. You all know by now. I'm going to get right into it. We have another fantastic guest interview today with the one and only Silverback himself, Mike Claudio, owner of Winrate Consulting. The guy is a rock star in every single sense of the word. So for those of you that either do not know Mike or have not heard him speak before, you're going to find out why this guy lights up every fucking stage that he is on. So, Mike, hopefully I gave you a good enough introduction, but please tell the world about yourself. Yeah, man, it's funny because I'm starting to get different uh, different names. So I get intros. Some people call me the big stud. Some people call me uh, Silverback. And, you know, there's obviously a story behind that we can, you know, maybe die dive into today but um like you said founder owner win rate consulting um also founder of a champion's shoes nonprofit. uh win rate we do primarily i'll say primarily we do one-on-one -on -one business coaching for the construction industry um there's a lot of great groups out there i'm a part of many of them but i think there's a certain level of accountability and trust and curated content that comes with one-on-one -on -one coaching and we focus specifically on the niche of construction home service companies and so from that perspective, that's what we do. We are accountability. You know, I call it aggressive accountability. Uh, if you've ever been around me, like I'm going to make you better than you think you can be, whether you like it or not. Oh, someone asked me the other day, like, Mike, what, what makes a good leader? What's the primary job of a leader? And my opinion is your job as a leader is to make those around you better than they believe they can be. And that's what I do for a living. I, I take business owners and I make them better than they thought they could be. And that's hard to do. There's a lot of ego. There's a lot of distrust. There's a lot of confusion and frustration on what to do next. And from a lot of perspective, it can be incredibly challenging for a lot of people to adapt, understand, evolve, um, how to do that, how to become better, how to become the championship version themselves. And, you know, so that I, I've been doing that for a living for, for four years now. Um, we've built a team of coaches that all have run multi-million dollar construction companies, you know, so that allows them to be, have real life experience and what we, what we coach on. And, you know, the nonprofit was built to make an impact in kids and build confidence. And it's really an anti-bullying movement mass is giving away really cool pairs of shoes. Um, but overall, no, it's, uh, it's been, it's been a fun mission. It's been a fun journey. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure we can get into my background beyond that, but that's who I am right now. Father, husband, two sons, six and four. Uh, my wife, Tiffany quit her job at bank of America last year. And now she works for the mission as well. That's awesome. So I, let's, um, I mean, you know, low, low hanging fruit, right? We're talking about a champion shoes. We might as well, since you brought it up, um, you know, the anti-bullying movement is a movement that you know, took way too long to come to the limelight. That's for sure. Um, and I'm sure we each have different stories, including you know, our, our own uh, instances of being bullied. I was definitely teeny tiny. And, you know, my I was uh, I joined the wrestling team in my freshman year and my parents were betting if I'd ever be break 100 pounds before I graduated high school. So now I'm definitely beat that. 
Um, so, you know, what kind of, what brought on a champion's circle? I mean, what, what, what is it? What, was it a, an a experience that you had? Was it an experience that somebody else had that you heard about? So a champion shoes, uh, kind of came from, you know, the actual idea came from a family walk one night. So Tiffany and I, for as long as we've been married, we do what we call the balancing of our blessings at the end of the year. Um, early on in our marriage, we just did volunteer hours cause we, we had no money. We were broke. And so as we started accumulating money, money um we started giving money to church to different organizations things like that and in 2020 we want to get the kids involved at that point mj was four everett was two we want to get them involved you know we wanted them to be a part of giving back and seeing the impact that comes with that and like writing a check does not give that impact to a kid like a kid just doesn't get it right writing a check doesn't mean anything to a child and so remember we were on a family walk one night and we said mj what do you love right now he's like oh man i love my shoes and I'm like, cool, what if dad goes and buys 100 pair of shoes and we take $5,000 and go impact 100 kids for Christmas this year? And he was all about it, man. He was pumped. He was excited. And then one day, it was probably about a month later. So that was probably July or August, September. I was driving home from the gym saying, like, why am I limiting this to 100 pairs? And why am I limiting this to one year? And I said, that's not really how Mike Claudio does shit. And so I literally got home and googled how to start a nonprofit and follow the steps like i people are like mike like who did you hire fuck you google like just google it be resourceful you son of a bitch don't tell easy like i googled how to start a nonprofit followed the steps six weeks later had a nonprofit and because i did that we've raised probably almost four hundred thousand dollars in the last 18 months and sent probably close to five fifty five hundred pairs of shoes that's amazing yeah, like, I, I, I love how because I, I, I say the same thing to people. You know, how did you start your business? I just Googled it. All right. Oh, I, I need to register an LLC. How do I do it? You just Google it. You pay 150 bucks to the state unless you're a veteran like me and then you don't pay anything. Um, <laughs> I love it. Oh, fuck you. Just Google it. Um, yeah, my God, people overthink a- shit all the time and they it, it causes them to stop taking action. I think one of these things that's led to the success I've had with my podcast with the YouTube channel, with the content, with the coaching, with everything is I take massive action quickly, but I've learned how to analyze and adjust. I think that's where a lot of people struggle. They try to analyze and adjust before taking action. And when you do that, you don't have any real knowledge of what's going to happen. You're just guessing. And you can always, you can always elaborate and fictionate and, and have this incredible imagination that brings you to failure you don't fucking know what you're actually adjusting till you implement. So I've gotten really good at taking massive action quickly and then learning how to analyze and adjust on a weekly basis to course correct, make good adjustments, improve, impact the mission, the clarity, of the core values, whatever that might be. But I'm going to jump in and then figure it out as I go, not sit on the sideline and game plan and strategize for 18 fucking months when my competition's out there beating me to the end zone. It's, you're, you're never going to beat me there. I'm going to beat you there because I'm going to start before you want to start. Oh, I love it. And I needed to hear that today too. That, that's perfect timing. Um, So, you know, win rate. I, I think that in the circles that you and I run in, I mean, win rate is very, very, very well known, especially even outside of the construction world, because I am not in that space. Um, But I do know, I, I got to drop this story. So I was going after a client last year um, before you and I started running together. And I lost to a coach that I had never heard before. His name was Clifton. And I was like, oh, all right, you know, whatever. Shit happens. I lost the deal. It happens. 
and then after I started running in the circles that we ran together, I realized who that was. So I lost to one of your coaches last year. That's funny how full circle that stuff comes. That's because funny. you have a you have a fantastic team. I, I mean, the team that you have put together at win rate is not a team that is <laughs> soft. We'll put it that way, right? It's not a team of lightweights. It's a team of people that absolutely know what the hell they're doing, and they have no problem saying exactly what a person needs to hear. So how did you go about picking your team? They found me, man. I mean, that's the power of building a mission and being consistent in it. You know, I'd say one of the biggest strengths I had is, or I have is I've been saying the same shit, chasing the same impact and the same mission for over four years. It's very clear who I am, what I stand for, what I'm trying to accomplish, who I help, why I do what I do. It's very clear. Every coach that I have right now, they're all CEOs, right? Like I'm, I'm not finding employees. I'm finding fucking business owners that want to be a part of the impact I'm making. They all came to me and said, I want to be a part of what you're doing. And so I didn't go find them. I didn't go seek them out. I didn't go, Hey, you really need to help me with this. No, I've just been consistently the same guy saying the same shit for years. And the problem is most people pick people like us like this year, they're this thing next year. They're, they're, crypto the next year they're short-term rental shit the next year they're losing everything and they disappear i've been the same thing doing the same thing saying the same thing for over four years and so i've built a level of online presence and personal branding that has an extreme amount of trust that i get business owners who could do it on their own to want to be a part of my team that's what we say recruiting and hiring is hard no you just suck at doing it like i'm not even you know i i have found some of the the best of the best we'll say of people who are 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 holistically good at coaching they care they understand their niche they understand their subject matter they're really good at communicating they're good at sharing the message they're good at like building time management to be able to do it all like not everybody has all of that like is there somebody out there right now that's built a hundred million dollar business that knows more sure but my target audience isn't a hundred million dollar companies it's construction companies between one and five million so I found people who are really fucking good at one five dollar companies and put them together on a team and a mission that's driving incredible impact right now. Because what what also is really cool about this team, which is intimidating as fuck. You want to talk about leading high performers? I am leading the highest of fucking high performers. Like, is I have to stay a step ahead of them. But we also don't just help business. Like some of the biggest stories of wins we have from clients are people getting sober, people re-engaging their families, you know, get re reigniting their relationship with their wife, reigniting relationship with their kids, reigniting interest in physical fitness and or or getting sober. Like I've I have a, a probably a dozen clients in the last 18 months that I've helped get sober in one way, shape, or form. And so it all, I think, in my opinion, it all comes down to how consistently are you spitting the same message and how consistently are you following through on that message, right? Are you the guy preaching one thing, but then like you're the same guy not living that way? That creates brand inconsistency. It creates a difficult trust factor. I don't, I'm the same guy everywhere. I got nothing to hide. You want to dig in? Come on, let's talk about it. Like, I'm not afraid of anything I do because I do a, the best I can to live by my core values and my mission and be consistent in that. And so I'm not afraid of holding someone else accountable because I fucking hold myself accountable. So there's no hypocriticalness. There's no, there's no ego involved. Cause if I'm willing to do it for me, I'm willing to do it for you. And if I do it for you, you will become better than you ever thought you could. And I'm just, I've proven that hundreds of times over the last couple of years. I told you folks, Mike would bring that fire. 
It's, I, and again, like I, I'm literally, I'll, I'll be vulnerable as shit on this podcast. I am everywhere else. Like I'm literally going through that exact same thing. We're in the middle of a rebrand to where uh, I got it. I might have to edit this out, but we'll see. Um, so I, I built the brand, right? I've been in the magazines. I did the podcast. I did the videos, the YouTube, everything labeled a disruptor in the industry. I built this big brand, but I'm playing with these smaller customers, right? Not smaller to where they're just, you know, small and weak people. It's just that the level of the brand is not consistent with the customers right now. So we're in the middle of literally pivoting and going into these more corporate clients, the five, 10 million and up clients. And it's that, holy shit, I'm overwhelmed. I got COVID right now. I'm literally doing this while I have COVID and it's kicking my ass this time, but I'm trying to figure out how do I bridge that gap now? How do I go after that new market? Because the brand's out there now, like you said, it's just implementing and doing the work. Am I over planning? Which I think a lot of people do. I absolutely think a lot of people do where you have the mindset of you have an idea. Fuck it. You're going to do that idea. You don't think you don't get too scared of it. You just fucking go. And if it doesn't work, you pivot until it does. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, like I said, on the same lines of having those heavy hitters, right? I mean, you know, I love Sam. He's one of my favorite people. Um, and, and everybody on that team is just rock solid. Now you, you mentioned something that's really important that I've said too, and it comes down to the personal side of coaching because I have often found that a lot of the times when there's a blockage in a business, whether it's, you know, clouded judgment or somebody can't figure out what the right move is, a lot of it comes back to that personal side of things. Do you find that's the case a lot? I mean, the business follows the leader. You know, I was actually talking to somebody else today who, like most people would know, he's probably, he's one of the more influential people in the marketplace right now. Um, not everybody likes him, but everybody knows him. Um, and we were talking about how, like, being influential is a gift and a curse because people will follow you whether you're leading them in a good direction or a bad direction. Because you have the influence, you have the authority, you have the ownership, you have what we would call the keys to the castle. Right. You have the you have a hold of the steering wheel, and so the business is going to follow the leader. It's 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 unavoidable. You can't solve it. You can't pretend it. If the business is if the leader is inconsistent in their time management, the business will be inconsistent in their time management. If the leader is inconsistent in meeting the core values, the business is going to be inconsistent. The leader is corners and lying and cheating the business is going to cut corners lie and cheat like you you can't there's no way around that other than knowing if i can fix the leader i can fix the business and so people think like and i'll use i'll use an analogy i think that makes a lot of sense hey mike should i have a business and a personal instagram account or what there's no fucking difference between your personal life and your business life as a business leader like if you're the owner of a company it all has to work together. So why would you have two different brands? And some people disagree with me on that. And that's cool. You're wrong. And I'm right. It's cool. Hey, man, everybody can be right all the time. It's fine. But like, there's, there is no difference. And the point being is, if right now you need a personal account, social media account, because you wouldn't want your customers knowing what you're doing all the time, then you need to change who the fuck you are and how you're operating because you're never going to attract better customers as long as you're hiding who you really are because you're not hiding it as well as you fucking think you are. You're not. You're like, oh, I'm going to be this person at home or I'm going to be this person with my friends. But then at the business, I'm going to be this different type of leader. I'm the type of person. You're not. You can't fake it that good. No one can. You're sucking at that. So if you right now, you would not want your business people to know about your personal life and you wouldn't want your personal life to know about your business, then you're doing something wrong on both sides of that equation. So if I can fix your personal life, I can fix your business. If I can 
fix your business. I can fix your person. It's I'm changing you as a human. What you do with those new skill sets is completely up to you. You can become a better husband, a better father, a better wife, a better mother, a better leader, a better salesman, a better like creator of leaders. It doesn't matter what you do with it. I'm going to teach you how to become better. And then how you align your, your initiatives, how you align your relationships, how you align your activity will all have to cater to this person that you are now becoming. And you'll start to shed all the bullshit and everything will start working better. You'll start attracting better employees. You'll attract better clients. You'll have better sex with your wife. You'll have more meaningful conversation with your kids because you're becoming a better, you can't break that between two parts of your life. You are, you have to become a better human. We'll say not even better. We'll say a different human to cater <laughs> different results. Cause I don't want you to like, not all my clients are bad. Sometimes they're just singly focused. You know, I have a client right now who's been in business for 14 years, hasn't been on a vacation with his family in six years, six years. He does $13 million a year. Hasn't been on a vacation with family in six years. So I changed him. I made him different because he wanted to get different results. And it wasn't so much he wanted more revenue as he wanted a more of a connection with his wife. He wanted his daughter to know him better. And that, that that's a very common story. Likely business owners revert back to their business because it's the easier option. Right, Kyle, for you to go work on this rebrand is probably easier than you confronting some shit you got going on with your family. Because uh, you understand I'll, I'll fucking that say world. it. I'll fucking say it. You're you are you are absolutely right. And for those of you that know me, I mean, fuck it. I mean, this this is exactly why I was excited for Mike to be on this podcast. He's, he's probably the only person that would have convinced me that I could convince myself through dealing with COVID and being in the hospital Sunday to fucking muscle through and come on with him because i know how good it's gonna fucking be we could have rescheduled <laughs> man you're not making me like but like look case in point when we that first conversation we had six or eight months ago you were completely lost on what you were supposed to do next you kept like you kept beating your head against the wall right but it wasn't you weren't just losing in business right you were like fuck i'm not winning a business my wife doesn't fucking get it my kids don't understand me my parents aren't fucking on board my brothers don't talk to me and but you're like, but fuck, business is where I can I can own it. Business can change. Business is where I can focus. And you were exhausted, not because of business, like a business success, is because you knew you were diverting attention away from what you really need to fucking work on, and you were diving into your business nonstop, not making any money and not solving problems in the rest of your life. You weren't as fit as you wanted to be. You weren't communicating wanted you the way you wanted to be you're probably thinking too much your wife wasn't on board your kids were fucking all over the place and you couldn't connect with them we and you didn't say any of that <laughs> right oh, you didn't no. say any of that when we talked no no that's well, that's there, the... there's, there's two questions holy fuck you just you just gave me like the biggest <laughs> two fucking aha moment i've had in years go ahead sorry there's two questions that you have to answer, Kyle. I'm coaching you right now. Congratulations. <laughs> Who do you want to be and what do you want to be known for? If you can answer those two questions in extreme detail, every decision you make from here for the rest of your fucking life will be easier. Because if it doesn't line with who you want to be, what you want to be known for, there's no fucking room for it. And that sucks sometimes. And that means you have to get rid of some things that are your current comfort zone to become this person that you need to become to become the person that looks like the answer to those two questions. You can't half-ass it. You can't kind of become that 
person to make it happen. You're known as a great married, married couple. You can't be known as a great leader without becoming a great fucking leader. Like you just can't. And so if, who do I want to be and what do I want to be known as? I want to be known as the champion in all things I do. So I only do the shit to the best of its fucking ability ever. If I can't make it the best it can be, it's got to be a no. And it might be a great opportunity, wrong time. It might be a great opportunity, wrong culture. It may be a great opportunity, wrong people, because those people are not going to help me be known as a fucking champion in everything I do. I want to be a great husband, a great father, and a great leader. That's what I want to see in the mirror. So if it does not align with one of those three things, in that fucking order, great husband, great father, great leader, intentionally, that's the filter at which I make decisions now. If it does not support in that order, I ain't got time for it. Uh, yeah, I, I do, said but, that but you, Mike, uh... I can't. Dude, I can't tell you how many fucking DMs I get right now. I was like, man, Mike, you got too big, man. You don't. You don't ever have time for the little people. Fuck you, you selfish son of a bitch. <laughs> because, dude, I spent fifty thousand dollars last year on video production on free content that's on the internet. Uh, that's just not enough, Mike. And people DM me, hey, man, watch for this answer. And I'm like, I don't know, man, go figure it out. Man, you like, you changed. Fuck you, you selfish, lazy son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm supposed to stop what I'm doing because you're afraid to fucking Google it? No. And if that, because there's a lot of people, and I'm sure you've met them, that think I'm a dick. Right? Like, man, Mike's just a fucking dick. Cool. cool. You know what that means? You deserve the best version of me because you didn't live up to my core values. You don't, you're not supporting my mission. You're a fucking taker. And so if you're concerned that I'm a dick, you need to look in the mirror and figure out what's wrong with you. Because right now, right. Kyle, you, Kyle, you better learn this. This is a lesson you're going to have to learn because you're about to go through some changes too, bud. I see it. I know. But I hear about it. About some evolutions. Not everybody deserves the best version of you, Kyle. Yeah, Because if you try to give it to everybody, you run out of it. And then the people who deserve it, the people who are there at the end of your day, when you've been pouring out to everybody else, don't get it. Because you would fake it in a fucking heartbeat for a prospect. You'd turn it on. You'd be the fuck. You'd be a charming motherfucker. But you can't do it for your kids. You can't, you can't fake it. You can't fake being engaged with your kids for 30 fucking minutes. But you go suck some prospect's dick to make sure you got the fucking deal. <laughs> and I say that because that was me. I'm, I'm not. I'm not talking at Kyle. I'm talking at everybody who knows how to turn it on when there's something they really want, but they expect everybody else to get the worst version of you because you're depleted as fuck. I was depleted as fuck. Because I will give endlessly. So I have to be cautious of who I'm willing to give to because if I give, because here's the other thing. This is a truth. This is not an opinion. This is a truth. Givers have a limit. Takers don't. Givers have a limit. Takers don't. So if I don't that's, protect that's really what good. I have to give, if I don't protect what I have to give, takers will take it all and then some. And not all takers are bad people. They're not like intentionally trying to take from me, but they would unabashedly take all of my time, take all of my energy, take all of my joy selfishly for what they need. And I'm not judging you, but I gave you a free hour phone call just because. 
And like, I, I didn't ask you. I didn't like, so you're going to sign up now? No, it was just fucking go do something with that shit. That's who I am. I give endlessly. So I have to protect who I'm willing to give to. Because if I don't, I end up empty. And the people that matter the most, my wife and sons, get the worst version of me. The tired, depleted, no energy, hungry, angry, short-tempered, loud-mouthed son of a bitch. That's what they get because I spend all day faking it for you fucking people. <laughs> so I'm done faking it. If you if you get a nice version of me, that means you passed the test. If you didn't, that means you're a fucking taker. Cool. If you don't like that, I've already moved on from you. You already think I'm a dick. What else are you going to say? You're not going to fucking hurt my feelings. My mission is way too fucking important for me to be diving and giving time into people who are not supporting me being a great husband, a great father, and a great leader. So, Mike, if you think back, and and I mean, I don't know how much of, of our our first meeting, I'm, I'm going to tell it to the listeners because I think, you know, Mike deserves the, the accolades and the kudos because uh, I was coming off of a great fucking month. Um, I'll leave the revenue uh, number out of it. It was a good fucking month. And I basically got comfortable and then some shit happened in my personal life that fucked me up. But I put a message out there and said, you know, Hey, can somebody jump on a call with me? And Mike was the one that responded. Uh, and then he proceeded to be the exact same person you're seeing on this podcast. Um, and and I, it just goes to show like he is fucking, he lives exactly what he preaches. Um, but I'm thinking back and no shit. The exact same catalyst that that called that meeting, the personal stuff, is happening again. Like within the past 48, 50, or 72 hours. And I, I I literally just fucking spiraled. Like I woke up today like damn near panic attack. I was trying to blame it on COVID because I was just like, what the fuck is going on? So, you know, you're exactly right. You know, it's it, it was refreshing to hear. I gotta figure out, you know, where where I'm giving because I, I'm like you and, and you know, anybody that knows me would see it. I think Sam would say it. Um, I will bend over backwards to give, 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 give. And with no, no even perception of how much that the people will take. So I love this idea of dialing it in. I mean, I think it's a no brainer. Well, and part of it is too, is I, I didn't learn that overnight. So I learned really hard lessons by having my heart broken, but, I had people taking advantage of me, be there for me when I needed them. They weren't there. Even when I asked, they didn't show up. Right. And so I learned it the hard way. But what I learned is at, at that point, then I said, well, fuck everybody. I'm not giving to anybody ever again. And that actually made me feel worse because my natural in inclination is to give to people. And I realized I can't turn that off. If I try to subdue it, I become a worse person. So I didn't, I didn't go from like giving to everybody. Then I tried giving to nobody to say, well, let me try that. That didn't work either. That's when I realized, well, well, there are certain people that deserve the best version of me. How do I define what that is? Well, how do you support my mission? How do you live up to my core values? How do you communicate? That's all important to me. Because if you can't do those things effectively, I'm setting myself up at risk that you're going to take more than I have to give. And I'm not going to put myself in that situation. Like you wouldn't go into a business deal knowing you're losing money every month on it. Why would you go into a personal deal knowing you're going to lose energy on that relationship every fucking month. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's interestingly enough, I've seen people do it because they're in that mindset of just give to everybody. I mean, I mean, I've, 
man, I, the first year I, I was in business, I did so much pro bono stuff just because I wanted to get my name out there. I wanted to show people that I could hang. I wanted to show people that I wasn't going to go away, um, which is fun and it's fine. But at the end of the day, I'm was so ingrained into that pro bono mindset to where I would just do anything for anybody, whether they were a good fit for the business, a good fit for me or not a good fit for me in the business. And it sucked the fucking life out of me, completely sucked the fucking life out of me. So it's, it's awesome that you're, you're coming on here talking about this because it's, it's perfect. Um, why don't we, why don't we have some fun and, and switch gears a little bit? Not that we're not having a blast Two guys shooting the shit coaching. Um, Let's talk. You brought it up. How did you get the name Silverback? So, uh, mostly because I have eruptions like that all the time and I'm a giant human being. Um, the Silverback kind of started last year. Uh, so actually it started originally 10 years ago. Um, at my biggest, I was like 320 plus pounds. I stopped getting on the scale at some point, but I was, about 300 plus pounds at one point. And I, and I was at a golf tournament. And if you ever golfed in the morning, like think in the spring where like the mist is coming off the grass and it's kind of foggy out. Well, like I'm, I'm up on the tee box and like some guys on the team with me are like, Oh, look, it's a fucking gorilla in the mist up there. And like, that's kind of how it started. That's where the gorilla, that's where the gorilla nickname kind of started. But then as I've gotten more into speaking, because I, I, the, the way I talk today is the way I always talk. I mean, whether I'm on stage, one-on-one, on a podcast, this is just who I am. And so when you see me like erupt from stage, it turned into being known as Gorilla Rants. Um, Cause I get angry and I get sweaty and I get, I get loud and I get aggressive, but like I, it's always coming from a place of like, generally people know I'm coming from a place of love, care, appreciation, understanding, but I'm going to come at you like the way I, I feel is necessary. And sometimes it's soft and slow and comfortable and I'm going to see you. And sometimes I'm going to rip your fucking head off. And so Gorilla Rants became a thing. And then I decided in January, I was going to try to do a bodybuilding contest this year. Um, and so it turned into Project Silverback. And in the course of 13 weeks, I gained 45 pounds of muscle. No, no steroids, no steroids i did i had some i did some trt and a whole lot of fucking clean food but i went from 235 to almost 285 in the course of like 13 weeks and do like breathing wow. was hard it was i hated every minute of it but I, I decided to back out of the contest because of the negative impact it was having on my mission right if it's not helping me become a better a great husband a great father great leader well like there's nothing about being food deprived and going through a cut that allows you to do any one of those three things effectively. And this is where I think a lot of people fail. I used to be the guy that when I committed or said I was going to do something, I'm going to see it through no matter what. Well, come to find out um, that I would like, I would have won the bodybuilding contest, but I would have sacrificed everything else in my mission to do it. Now I'm realizing in my maturity, in my old age, that that's not really who I want to be or what I want to be known for. I, people know I know how to suffer. People know I know how to work hard. I want to be a great husband, a great father, and a great leader. And I realize that per pursuing that contest and pursuing that body, you know, we'll say journey was not going to help me do that. So I, I, I backed out. I'm down to probably 260, maybe just under 260 now. So I've lost, you know, a good 25 pounds or so. I want to get back to 235. 
but I'm doing it differently now. I'm doing it the slower way. I'm enjoying working out again. My body doesn't hurt all the time. So it's been a good little journey, but you know, gorilla rants came from me yelling at people. Project Silverback came from me attempting this bodybuilding contest. Uh, I was stupid strong, dude. I was doing like, I, I don't know if this was at my strongest, but even this impressed me. I did a set of 500 deadlift 10. I did 10 reps touch and go. Wow. And like, no one needs to be that strong ever. 500. So, yeah. Set of 10 touch and go like pretty easy. Stupid. It's, but, it's so interesting that you're, you know, and one of the takeaways that I want my followers to have is that, you know, even at Mike's level, you know, cause this was this year, even at yeah. this level, you were able to sit there and go, what the fuck am I doing? Like that's, that is such a useful skill. But I said it at the beginning of this podcast, I implement, analyze and adjust aggressively. Every year I try to force myself out of my, my comfort zone so I can pull, I can learn a new skill set. I can understand and, and teach myself that I know how to teach myself and evolve. Like every year I pick something that gets me wildly out of my comfort zone. And because it, it teaches you a lot to get to like, go do something new and, and have to learn and strategize and adjust and implement and, and analyze. And, and so like, just like everything else, I implemented aggressively. I analyzed, I adjusted. I realized it did not allow my mission and who I want to be and what I want to be known for anymore. Time to pivot back. Cause like you're constantly volleying, especially if you want to accomplish really big, cool, impactful shit, you got to keep trying new stuff. Well, you have to learn how to try new things. And that's what I'm really, I'm really good at trying new things and if you can get good at trying you can literally accomplish anything so we know you're a core values guy right we know that you aren't going to do anything that you know doesn't further your mission of who you want to be husband father leader what is the worst piece of business advice or maybe worst example of how to operate a business that you've ever seen? It's not, I'll say it's not really a specific example as much as a habit. I think a lot of leaders have a habit of saying they're going to do shit and not falling through on it. An example would be like, hey, we're going to start doing team meetings every Monday and that lasts for two weeks and then the, the, the business owner devalues it, doesn't prioritize it, or... Hey, we're going to, we're going to be given raises this year and doesn't happen. Or, Hey, I promise you, man, we're going to get that van soon, but I promise you I'm working on it. And six, six months later, it's still not there. Like business owners have a habit of saying things short-term that de-escalate a situation that long-term they have no plan of actually doing anything with. And I think that is some of the worst leadership habits I've ever seen. And there's not like a specific example. And I don't think some people do it intentionally to be bad, but I think like when you promise them and then consistently don't follow through or hold them to a standard that's above the way the standard you hold yourself to an example, that's, that's the absolute worst thing you can do as a leader, because you lose all buy-in, you lose any type of ability to, to, to retain key skill set people because they're tired of being told one thing and through. So even the things you plan to follow through on, they don't believe you anymore because you've been saying for years, shit, you're going to do that. You don't ever actually commit to and stick to for a long period of time. So 
I mean, we. I mean, I, I, there's a lot. I mean, don't sleep with your employees. That's a bad one. Specific example. <laughs> don't do that. That's a bad. That's a bad thing to do. Don't do that. Uh, but well, if, general, though, if, if anybody's listening, level, needed to hear this. <laughs> that's but, but at a high level, stop committing things to your team that you're not that you're not already planning on following through on. Yeah, that's that's really good. I mean, you know, when people come on. I often ask that question, best piece of advice, worst piece of advice. And they're, they're all, you know, they kind of follow a general theme. Um, but yours is, I think, incredibly important because I believe you're the first one to actually touch on internal culture when it comes to bad habits. Um, everybody focuses on cl- like client delivery. They focus on, you know, the, the visibly outward stuff or outward visibly stuff. And I don't think anybody's been on that has mentioned really culture. Just just as much as the the company follows the leader, the client base follows your employees. Oh, that's good. But it it, it 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 rolls downhill, right? So like if you have if you have checked out employees who don't follow through and don't return phone calls, guess what happens when you call that client? They ain't gonna return your fucking phone phone calls. And you're also not get clients who value people who return their phone calls. I'll give you an example. I'm putting a pool in right now. I'm spending several hundred thousand dollars on this pool. There's been three occasions I have called the project manager and he has not called me back. Wow. And so like, and, and I get it. And he calls back like a couple of days later, like, Hey man, or sorry. Or he'll see me like, Oh my God, man, I'm totally sorry. Well, guess what? Be- I bet it happens to him inside of his company. I bet he calls the owner or he calls his leader and doesn't get called back sometimes. It's not something he's doing on his own. It's something he's learned because that's what his culture is like inside the company. So as long as you have a good enough excuse on why your leader didn't call you back, you think you can have excuses that people understand because you have understood it as an employee. No, what you don't realize is you're just a C plus employee and you're sticking around because you're working for a B minus leader because you're not keeping an A fucking player with, with B plus fucking leadership. Oh, that's perfect. That's that's absolutely perfect. You're 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 dead. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's shocking to you, but you're you're dead on. Um. Okay. I, wow. Wow. That was really good. Again, I, I it's so rare we see people <laughs> talk about culture on this podcast. I mean, I, I talk about it in my solo episodes, and everybody's all outward. Yeah, it, it absolutely is, and I think you're you're right. I I think we can all think of times where we've been in a in a part of poor culture. Um, so here's another good question when it comes to win rate, right? We've, we've gushed about win rate constantly. How do you specifically attract the level of coaches that you do? And we know a lot of it is because of what you just said, because you have the follow through, you're a man of your word. You're always going to live and operate by your values. Um, but let's let's talk about it. You know how because I I'm sure that some at least some of the coaches you have haven't known you overly long, or maybe some you know specifically applied to be a coach with you. So how do you create that culture that you're attracting these absolutely monstrous coaches? I think at this point, initially the first couple were to be a part of the mission or to better understand the mission. Like this is like, like you're doing something pretty cool. Like let's talk about it. 
But I think the bigger answer and maybe the more tactical answer is I could tell you right now why every one of my coaches is a coach for me. And I can tell you how they play a role in the future of my mission. I've painted the picture. I can tell you exactly what my next base camp is. I know I need the next base camp for me is 10 million. It's 555 clients and $18,000 average client value. I need 41 coaches and 22 support staff members. And I can tell you exactly what every one of those positions is going to get paid so that I can hit a 20% net profit. So I've painted the picture to say, this is what you want. This is where I'm going. This is how, what you want happens where I go, where I want to go. So it's building a mission that's big enough that they can see what they want on it. It's also understanding what it is they want out of the role and then helping deliver that for them. And then other people seeing, Hey, Sam, like, what is the tough fight? Like, is Mike, is Mike a good leader? Dude, Mike's one of the best fucking leaders I've ever worked for. I, I I'm, I'm a leader. I'm a great leader. Talking to Sam, Mike's a great, Mike leads me. He's a great fucking leader. So now the coaches are like people that people look up to are saying, no, I I'm Mike's an incredible leader. So now like, we'll say the second hand experience telling the next class of coaches. But this first class was so important to me to get the right people that wanted to do it for the right reasons, wanted to have the right experience, wanted to head in the same direction and people that I wanted to build teams around. I don't think enough people hire promotable people. So I'm big on, I want to hire people that are twice promotable. I want to find people that I think I can put twice as part of the mission on where I'm going. Because if you if I'm hiring for what I need right now, like in six months, they're gonna be they're gonna hold me back because they're not evolvable, they're not scalable, they're not changeable. They're they they fit the need right now, but you know, continually evolve is one of our core values. So if I'm not, not hiring people that are prepared to that already have a focus on evolution, they're not gonna be able to keep up with me. So that's a bad hire. Like if I say, like, hey man, how do, what's your approach to personal and professional development? Ah, man, that's just for the birds. Cool, man. Great interview. Have a great, have a nice day. You're not going to be a good fit. That's easy. But if you I tell me what, what is your approach to personal, how do you read, what podcast you listen to, why you want to get better? Now I know you're going to be able to keep up or not. So my coaches are not only just really good at who they are and what they are now. The coaches that this first class of coaches was intentionally hired for people that could evolve with my mission and had an outcome and a destination that was similar to the role that I see them in base camp, the next evolution of WinRay Consulting. So I'm not sure if that directly answered your question, but that's how I no, would No, no, it's, it's, listen, it's you, every answer you give is opening up the door for a further conversation, which is, is really good because we only have like 10 minutes left. Um, so I'm going to hit with this right now. We know that you attracted people like Cliff who, you probably hear my fat lab upstairs barking. Um, you attracted Cliff who, I mean, my God, you want to talk about a guy that's living his dream life. I mean, holy shit. You've got Sam who, I mean, quite frankly, he's my go-to guy. And in the circles that we were in, I knew that if I needed anything, he'd be there because he wants to see me succeed. He's He's told me multiple times where he's like, look, I'm watching everything that you do. I'm watching your post that you're making. You're on the verge of something really fucking big. Don't stop. Right. So that's the type of caliber that Mike is, is bringing on those kinds of people. But you said something that you're hiring for twice promotable. Now let's say 
what advice do you have for somebody that wants to hire somebody that's promoter that wants to hire for where they're going, but maybe it's their first employee. Maybe they're scared. Maybe they're scared from financial reasons. Maybe they're scared from leadership reasons. How do you recommend, what advice can you give somebody who is just starting out and is ready, thinks they're ready for an employee? How do they attract an employee without, you know, sacrificing who they are? How do they, how do they get somebody on board that's going to be promotable down the road when they barely have the money to bring them on anyway? Well, all right, let's change the mindset around the money side of things. Every employee is an investment. And I tell them that. I'm not hiring you to make an expense. I'm hiring you to get a return on investment on you. And here's how I need to see that happen. And you have 90 days to get there or I'm going to have to let you go. Because I'm a for-profit company. I'm not interested in being a nonprofit on this side. I run a nonprofit. This one ain't it. And so when I hire people, <laughs> I, I look at what would I need for them to get a return on investment of their salary or hourly rate or whatever, right? And so I, I tell them, hey, like I need you to sell X amount. I need you to work X amount of hours. I need you to earn revenue. I need you to take X amount of hours off my hands. Like I, I'm, a, I'm a before I hire them, I'm gonna tell them, I'm not this. Employees are not expenses; they are investments. And so if you can't tell me how that person is going to make you more money, then you're not ready to hire somebody. And if you are you hiring go. out of need because you're just overwhelmed as fuck. And it's just like, I just need some more hands. And so you hire somebody. Hey man, I'm really glad you're here. I'll see you next week. I got to get back in the field. Cause I'm fucking overwhelmed. Like you're not doing like, there's no way that person can be successful. So I would hire specifically around values and what type of work that person wants to do. Like what impact do they want to, make? what, what, how do they want to spend their time? Right. What, what motivates them? So I would use personality tests for sure to make sure that that person is a good fit for, for the organization. You need to have a clearly defined role and responsibility. Even if that's, Hey, you're playing all four of these roles right now. And this is what success looks like in each of those roles, because we're all wearing multiple hats right now. It, but like, how do we recruit them is social media. Like you need to tell the story of who you are and where you're going and what you're building and why you're building it and the impact that it should make and, and why someone would want to be a part of that. Because if someone's watching you do the right shit, saying you're going to do the right shit and then following through on that, and you're doing something that's impactful in a way that, that will bring somebody in their life, they'll come to you. If you're hiring your first laborer or something, my first round interview tactic is 100% core value based. I don't give a fuck about your resume. I don't give a fuck about your work history because I need somebody who's going to fit the mission. I can teach you the job. I can't teach you the values. Because people will hire for experience over values, get the right person in there from a skill set. But then in three months, that person's a fucking cancer. Yeah. I don't know what happened, man. He was the right fit. No, he wasn't. He was never the right fit. He just had a work history that you thought would be the easiest to onboard. Again, you need to be more resourceful. It's and again, I mean, that's you're dead on again. It's it's so perfect. Like when I sit here and I think of how, uh, yeah. So my um my last job before I started the Slaymaker method, there was somebody who, quite frankly. Uh, was all talent based, um, and the culture that this person brought with them was a cancer, to where managers would leave, other sales reps would leave, 
customers hated her. They just felt like she was the only one to deal with. Whoops. Maybe she, I fucking hope to God she's listening. Um, but it's, it's so important because especially in the hiring side, everybody, no, maybe not everybody, but so many people on my level in those levels that are starting to scale and really grow their companies into these bigger things. It's so easy to get bogged down hiring one, just because you feel you need to hire and two, because you want to take some shit off your plate. You're not hiring. Like you said, who, you know, you want somebody that's going to be able to come in as a sales rep, but then is going to be your district manager or is going to be your sales, your complete the head of head of sales. That's who you're hiring. So that's fantastic. It's, it's absolutely perfect. Um, Mike, we're winding down here. I want to make sure we have time to to let you plug your stuff and figure it, let people know where they can find you and everything that you do. So go ahead. I mean, the easiest would be go to MikeClaudio.com. I mean, that has the links to everything else. But if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at WinRate Consulting. That's where I do the most engagement. Um, you know, don't message me on Facebook. I'm never going to get it. My team will filter it out. You're not going to get a response. But Instagram is where if you want to get me directly. Um, the Big Stuff Podcast, if obviously, if you're listening to podcasts, you like podcasts, you want to hear more about me yelling at people, uh, the Big Stuff Podcast is that when we're probably 260-ish, 270-ish episodes in now, um, that's the best place. You know, winrayconsulting.com if you want to learn more about that, shoes.org, learn more about the nonprofit. Uh, uh, but if you go to MikeClaudio.com, you know, I think that that tells the biggest story of all the other avenues. Beautiful, beautiful. Mike, on behalf of myself and all the other listeners, thanks for coming on. If uh trust me, guys, reach out to Mike, not directly through Facebook, as we just learned, which is usually <laughs> where I try to get a hold of him at. Um, but don't sleep on him. I mean, listen to the Big Stud podcast, check out his YouTube stuff. The guy's a, a killer in his own right. So I will see everybody next week. Thanks for joining us this week on Slaying the Sale. If you're interested in knowing more about Kyle, make sure you head over to his website, theslaymakermethod.com, and pick up a copy of his best-selling books. Then head to Facebook to join his private group, Slaymaker Sales Mastery, to become the number one salesperson in your company. And until next time, remember to keep slaying the sale.